1: a light bulb went off I had the Edison moment where I'm like I'm combining my favorite things I'm combining music I'm combining you know talking to people I'm combining like you know just being on social media all day because unfortunately I'm really good at it and like also you know just like being able to like hear people's stories and help them amplify them
0: Three, two, one. 2 1 my name is Espri Devorah I am Mike Veldhuis, business owner of the Dutch IT company Nalta and podcaster from the Netherlands. I just love the Women in Tech podcast by the talented Esprit Devora. It's made with passion and creativity. It gives insight into the world of inspirational women from all around the globe. But most of all, it's fun to listen to Esprit Devora truly is the girl who gets it done. Welcome to the Women in Tech Podcast, celebrating women in tech from around the world. What is going on, everyone? This is Felice Lizay, and I am a producer, singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur founder of my content production company, Sweet Spot Sounds, and director of community and artist relations at Burble, a Web3 entertainment studio. I am guest hosting for my good friend, Esprit Devora, and I am so excited to be here with you today chatting with Nikki Bean, who is currently in Denver, Colorado, and she is the head of community at Decent, a Web3 company building tools that help creators own the future of their creativity. I'm very, very passionate about what Web3. So I'm just so thankful for this opportunity to share my passion by sharing the stories of women in tech who are building with Web3 technology. I'm so excited to have you because this is actually serving as our first time getting to really chat off of Twitter spaces. So (laughs) I'm really excited to have you and get into asking you questions, finding out more, and really learning about your journey. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself just to get started?
1: Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast today. super stoked to be able to share my story and just chat a little bit more and hopefully give some insight about Web3 as a whole. It's a space that means a whole lot to me and just dear to my heart, just been instrumental in my own personal journey as well. So um, but yeah, so uh, my name is Nikki. I am, as mentioned, you know, the head of community at uh, Descent. We are a uh, Web3 technology company that is building tools for creators and developers to bring their ideas on chain through easy to use, uh, no to minimal code solutions um, and building tools. All right to that, I was the community manager at a uh, music NFT marketplace called Mint Songs, um, which is now unfortunately no longer a company. Um, but yeah, and part of that, I had absolutely no Web3 experience. Um, I'm just an avid, you know, I, I love people. I love talking to people. I love, you know, making connections online. I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. And I'm just really grateful to be able to do it for my full time role now.
0: I love it. I love it. So how did your career turn towards this web3 tech space because i saw that you have a background in marketing and so how did that morph where did that jump happen for you
1: going way back to like when i was in college i have always been a huge music fan Um, i am a live music enthusiast as i like to say Um, and so i was really wanting to go into music marketing for like music festivals or shows or venues and unfortunately that never you know, came to fruition. And so I, after college graduating, I took a job at a defense contractor um, doing their internal communications and marketing and social media. And that took me from Florida up to Virginia. And when I was in Virginia, I was connected through a mutual friend uh, that I went to college with, uh, who introduced me to Dwight Torculus, who was the CEO of Mint Songs. And we became fast friends and you know, just really connected. And he had actually shown me uh, a slide deck of Mint prior to it even becoming a company, getting investors, whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, this looks cool, but I have no idea what this Web3 or like, any of this means. I was just stoked that my friend had a great idea that he was excited about. And so fast forward, um, you know, however long that time was, I had moved to Denver, which is where I am now. And I was approached by Garrett, who is uh, the co-founder and CTO of mint songs, uh, with a position that for a community manager. And he was like, I know that you are not well-versed in web three, but I know your experience in terms of marketing. Um, he had, you know, with Dwight, he had seen how I interact with people and just, you know, I've, again, an avid lover of music. And he's like, I think that you would be a really good fit for our team. And so I uh, took a leap of faith and quit my salaried, um, you know, cushy defense job at a corporation that's been around forever to join a startup. Um, and it was the best decision I have ever made. I had, you know, again, just recently made a MetaMask and like a coin just when I started admin songs, like barely knew anything. And so I really had to jump in head first and just start learning as much as I could. And I think that has aided my, you know, growth in the space now.
0: Wow. I, I love the winding path. I think that the startup life is very similar to the artist life. And, um, you know, I'm an artist, a singer, songwriter myself, in addition to like working in the Web3 space now. But it's a very windy path. And it, you have to make those like decisions, those life-changing decisions that take you in that direction. How did you approach making that leap, like in terms of the leap of faith of leaving such a secure, obviously that's super secure, um, you know, field to go into the startup space? And not just a startup space, but the Web3 startup space, which is even more the Wild it West.
1: More terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Like, absolutely the Wild West. Um, I just, I don't know, I, the past couple of years have just been absolutely transformative for me, as I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything along those lines, and I've grown up a lot. And so I have really learned that, like, the best opportunities and the best things that have happened to me have been the ones where I just pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And so I knew that I was not happy at the, you know, at my role as a defense contractor. Like that was not an industry I was passionate about. That was, you know, yes, it was secure, but I'm like, I'm not going to be happy. And so to me, when I was approached with a position at Mint Songs, it just made sense to me in my brain where I'm like, you know, I am, really passionate about music i am really intrigued by this space that allows creators and musicians to really you know see some return off of their work when you know they're really getting shafted by the current industry now so that pulled me and then just also the fact that i was like i don't want to be stuck and i felt like it was just a you know, worst case, I know that I'm a smart, capable individual, like, God forbid, this doesn't work out. I could go, you know, I could go serve, I could go bartend, like I have service industry experience, like I could, I I could find something else. I'm not worried about where I'll end up if this doesn't work out. And so, yeah, I just, you know, said, screw it and (laughs) popped over. And, you know, since now it's about a year in web three, and I'm not two companies. So definitely kind of bopped around, but still, you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way.
0: That's amazing. Um, what's What do you feel like your real passion is in terms of, I know you're building community, but what are you really passionate about in terms of building community? What does that mean to you um, in respect to working with a company, a, a startup company, and especially like in Web3?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um I've always just been such a patron of the arts and, you know, when it comes to musicians, when it comes to my friends that have small businesses or creators, like my house is full of things that aren't, you know, that are small business. And I just, I really just resonate with the struggles that independent creators have. you know, just seeing it firsthand from all the people that I love around me that I've been supporting. And I'm so driven by this space that allows me to be somebody that can help amplify a creator that is in their similar position to give them the avenues to you know have the career that they took a risk to you know do like art is not a profitable career normally you know and so to be able to but i know the value that people have when they're doing something that they love like the way that that can just change somebody's life and so being able to help people go to, towards a career where like they're completely living their dream and like their work is something that they're passionate about. That makes me passionate and like that drives me.
0: I love that you said you're a patron of the arts because that's something that I really always say about Web3 is that we're getting back to that model of the listener audience not just being a fan but being a patron of the artist, whether it be visual, music, um, or other types of art, writing, You can actually have a more uh, intimate relationship and more direct support um, versus like, I need a million streams to make a living, and you're not going to make a living off of a million streams. You now just need a handful of patrons that really care about you, and that's really beautiful. Uh, So in terms of what you're doing with Descent, like what are you all building to uh, create that relationship and really you know, make that easier for artists and patrons to support the artists?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. Thanks for asking. Uh, so Decent just released uh, the Decent Protocol, which is um, a really cool new development in Web3 Music. i have always obviously biased towards it, but uh, within the protocol, we were really, you know, motivated to give artists and creators tools that they could use to create their own smart contracts with it not being something that's like a complicated process. You know, there's some other amazing platforms that have built some really cool tools that allow creators to build their own smart contracts, but often it involves them, you know, having to learn how to code. It's a little bit complicated and clunky. They don't know if they're doing it right. It ends up being a lot more effort and time and stress and everything like that. And so with a decent protocol, we offered a couple of ways for our creators to, you know, still take their smart contracts in their own hands you know with the releases of their music nfts or you know any kind of contracts they want to build in a way that is easy and really streamlined and takes the time out of building so the couple ways that we have you know released these tools out to the public are through um the first and foremost is a decent sdk um software development kit although i'm on a tech podcast people probably know this
0: oh but it's so good to explain (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to glossary yourself a little bit. But uh, so we have the decent SDK, which can just be accessed through basic JavaScript functions. So um, no solidity needed. So even like the most basic developer, if they want to just hop in there and, you know, s- you know, see what they can build, uh, we absolutely invite that as open source. And then the other way that creators can do it, which is probably the most attractive to, you know, artists, uh, musicians, uh, the independent creator um, with no coding experience is our Creator HQ, which is our um, smart contract m- minting and management tool um, that is again, open source, any creator can connect their wallet and you're able to build your own smart contract, um, you know, music NFT through just modular, um, you know, modular building blocks that you just have to fill out the required uh, form and then you can deploy it easily, no coding required. Um, and so the cool part about that protocol, um, well, there's a few different things. First and foremost is again, you know, the no- minimal, the no code solutions and tools that artists can use but also um again with a low barrier to entry and accessibility we have um we've leveraged multiple different evm chains so um artists can deploy on like polygon um optimism you know lower gas um you know guzzling chains so to say so that you know especially like an artist in you know other countries like we have some Argentinian and like Colombian artists who can't afford to pay the the big gas fees that Ethereum takes it's just not accessible for them but they're able to easily deploy on Polygon on Optimism on these layer 2 chains at very minimal cost and so that takes the both the time and expense out of releasing on chain Um, a couple other ways I'm really excited about the protocol is the fact that we have splits uh, built into all of our contracts um, to really just put uh, creator attribution, and you know, make sure that um, everybody's just getting the credit and the funds that they need. And so, automatically building that in to make that process a lot more seamless, rather than going to a third party in order to set up splits on uh, their music NFTs. Yeah, it's just I could go on and on forever about it, but uh, there's just we're really again just trying to focus on lowering the barrier to entry for creators to build on chain on things that they want to or in the way that they want to rather instead of like conforming to like a platform and their release structures or you know having to wait to get allow listed into some builder tools you know
0: Oh, I'm like geeking out listening to you because I can't wait to try some of these tools myself. For all our non-Web3 native listeners, when Nikki's talking about on-chain, we're talking about the blockchain. And I think what a lot of people misunderstand about Web3 is that it's a bunch of NFTs that people are buying for ridiculous prices that do nothing. And that's really not the power of Web3 at all. Uh, The real power is in tokenization and utility. And that's what I think is really cool about what you all are building over at Descent, because it's actually giving creators the tools to build their own, uh, you know, utilities for their audience um, without necessarily needing to go hire a dev. And I think the lower the barrier to access on both sides for the You know, creator and the audience is what's going to create mass adoption. So I'm like thrilled. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to try this because I, I, I'm pretty tech savvy, but I'm not a developer. Um, I can, you know, I could spin a few code here and there, but I'm not, you know, a full fledged developer where I can like start from scratch. So that's really, really cool. Um, what do you, what are you, how are you approaching making this? platform digestible. And at plat- by platform, I mean Descent, but also the larger platform of, and I hate to even say platform for Web3. Three. Web3 three is a space. There's going to be platforms built in Web3. And eventually it's the whole world is just going to be the web and the world like we are right now. But everybody will use this technology without even realizing it. So what are you doing to make this digestible for the general public, um, Whether that be artists who are going to use the tools or the audience that we need to use the tools with the artists, you know, to really benefit and make it a practical application so that it's actually like something that people will use in their everyday life. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, well, right now we're just, we just released the protocol. So we're more focused on targeting the artists that are actually in the space. Um, But there's a lot of, you know, again, we have this modular protocol with a whole bunch of different smart contract modules that offer different utility. And so that whole sentence alone is confusing to a lot of people. And so really just breaking it down like bit by bit. Like I was literally just telling Will, um, our co-CEO today, I was like, we're making content that just I have to assume that a third grader is reading this because like just breaking it down as small as possible because there's just so many terms that are just so hard to digest just by themselves, let alone string them in a sentence. And so um, we're really focusing on, and, you know, right now is just breaking down these modules as, um, you know, as clearly as we can in terms of, you know, what this can do for you, for your career. Why would you want to use it? You know, how does this help you build your community? And really breaking that down into, you know, the why and making those connections for the artists when it comes to the the tools within the Decent Protocol. Um, And then kind of going outwards in terms of, like to the non-Web3 native people in terms of just like making the space as a whole digestible. It's really just about, you know, meeting people where they're at first and foremost, um, I think has been my biggest learning lesson in being Web3 as a whole you just seeing where they're at in terms of, you know, how much do you know about the blockchain? How much do you know about Web3 technology? You know, what are some of the myths and misconceptions that you have? Or, you know, like what's, what are your barriers to entry and like your blockers to wanting to learn more and knowing about this space? And normally it's, you know, again, the environment. They think it's all just board apes and, you know, crypto punks, you know, all of like just the main misconceptions. And so it's really just like breaking down at least some of those blockers to where they're at least like, okay, you know, maybe I'll like look into this more and not bombarding them with information because again, this can be so hard to digest and just accepting that you're wrong is something very hard to digest. So, you know, like just giving them the space to like really like let the information sit and then be like, all right, let's go again. So what else can I help you learn today? And just again, in the third grader kind of mentality of, okay, okay, this is the sentence, okay, are you a little bit confused on some of these words and what they mean? All right, let me help you. And it's really breaking it down as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I think that um, the biggest thing that I notice is people, even people in the space, I even artists in the space who are releasing collections are still like very focused on collections. And I'm over here like, I want to more so figure out how to release music that has utility in it that gives backstage passes and like gives, you know, you know, you get this and then you get access to this later because you minted this token um from my from my music. Like, you know, showing people that there's like practical, there's there's a practical use for this. Um I mean, most people don't realize that there's pr- yet yet that there's practical uses. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's so wild because, like, I'm. I mean, I'm an avid just music collector too. Like, I have a whole wall full of uh, vinyl records. I have like 20 CDs in my car. Like, I love collecting. You got CDs in your car still? And so, oh yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I do. I love. I love CDs. I can get as analog as it gets sometimes, um, which I think keeps me sane in a world where we're just constantly on the screens all the time. But um, so just i can understand the wanting to collect just for the sake of collecting um you know there's plenty of songs that i've collected that not because of the utility but because i you know believe in the artist believe in the music believe in you know whatever you know like but it wasn't for the utility but i think that now you know as you mentioned there's a lot more things that they can do that really allows you to connect with not just the artist, but um, you know, from coming from a collector point, like there's a lot more things that I can do as a collector that doesn't just connect me to the artist, but connects me to the other people in that artist community. And it's not just segmented. And so, you know, whether it's like, you know, uh, royalty um, sharing, where you know, me and some other st- like some other collectors, like we gain value off of streaming this artist, or you know, promoting them so that they'll get higher streams, so that we get more revenue. Like sharing in a sh- like common goal, or like gosh, just so many other ways that the communities can get connected and get together, like, that's so cool. And that's just going to continue to build out an ecosystem that, you know, includes the ones that you just buy just because you like the art and then the ones that contribute to the community and the ones that just are like an actual application. Like, there's just, it's just going to be a constant growing ecosystem that makes space for all of these different types of releases that I think is just so cool.
0: Yeah, when you mention collecting Albums, I think that's one of the easiest uh, ways to help somebody understand. It's like digital. I like that the the narrative is turning towards digital collectibles versus NFT music collections or nft art collections because really an nft is a token and that is you're using the t- the token is the utility the music is the art yeah music doesn't need a utility per se but the token allows you to create that immersive experience for your uh your audience or or the interactive experience for the audience so i like that you brought up um records because you know imagine if you sold we sold you know an artist sold records and it goes to a person you now own that record you don't own the music but you own the record and you can go sell it to a you know a resale place but if there was an nft attached to it now the artist is making royalties even from the physical item selling
1: exactly yeah, that's literally how I explain it to people who don't understand the concept of NFTs. It's like, you know, the transparency is the art, you know, like my grandma's an artist. And so like, if I, you know, I have her paintings like over there in the other room, if I were to, I obviously didn't purchase them, but if I was to sell them ever, never would. But if I were to sell them, like she would never see any of the profits that I make off of that. And that's me to me, wholly unfair for creators. You know, this poster behind me, like, again, like same thing, like if I were to sell it, like, this artist is not going to get the money that i made off of it and so the cool the ways that and then that technology can just be applied to like you know patents and cars and technology and buildings and video games like it's just so vast and it just hypes me up because it's just like the possibilities are literally endless for everybody it's just a matter of like a getting the masses to kind of understand that and then also you know really deep deep diving down and working together the main point of literally everything is working together to build tools that people can use and that can make this a reality
0: yes yes how far off do you think like when we talk about practical applications in irl scenarios like the record the record for instance how far off do you think we are Uh, From getting to the point where we are tokenizing like even physical items like a certificate for certificates of authenticity in that way. Like if your grandmother's painting, we keep talking about grandma's painting. She's not selling her grandma's painting, but (laughs) we're going to keep using an example. Like if we had a like, you know, a contract. Um, address on that painting. And for anybody who doesn't understand that, it, an NFT has a, a unique contract attached to it and that is on the blockchain and it's transparent and it's there. And you so it can't be broken, right? That's what's so powerful about it. So if we actually attach that to that physical item by putting it, you know, just stamping it on the back and then you can go look it up on, on the blockchain to verify it. I, I wonder, I'm, I'm just curious what you think, just getting imaginative and and in terms of like getting community to, you know, community to get on board with this, like how far do you think we are from that, like that sort of thing being utilized? And do you guys talk about that over at Descent, and like how, how the future of like how that's going to happen?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I don't really have a timeline in my head because again, it's just more so getting people to understand the space before things get adopted and built and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But it's definitely something that we talk about at Decent because, you know, we talked a lot about the tools that we have being used for, you know, individual creators to make their own smart contracts, digital collectibles, all that kind of stuff. But the technology that we've built is also something that can be used for larger uh, organizations as well, not just, you know independent creators so for example we just did uh we just enacted a staking uh functionality for a pfp project called chill pill which is amazing uh they're music-based uh, really good friends with the team and just love their ethos but we enacted staking uh for their already existing pfp project we're able to add decent utility to their existing pfp project through through tools that anybody can access again through the uh, creator hq or whatever but that was just for a whole you know profile picture project. We have a company, um, not a company, we had an organization called uh, Club Space that just used Decent SDK in a uh, hackathon project to connect uh, fans socially via you know what NFTs they've collected. And so it's just like, we're already seeing these applications be built with Decent technology that's not just for music NFTs, it's bigger. And so we're our hope is that when more and more people, you know, look inside the protocol and you know play around with it and really see what they can build with this, you know, technology that our amazing development team has created, um, we're hoping that they show us what we haven't thought of yet, and the network effects are just going to constantly get bigger and better, so that these applications it'll just be compounding, and we'll be able to hopefully see a future sooner rather than later where. Not only do people know about the possibilities of these applications, but these applications can actually exist, so that people can adopt them.
0: Yes, I love that because that's actually what I end up doing a lot with the entertainment studio. I'm Web three entertainment studio. I'm working with Burble, and I was just telling that to the team. The really cool thing that we get to do is imagine the applications and the and the and dream up the activations and dream up the 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 experiences and and show the, the both sides the audience and the artists and brands and and entertainment studios and things like what is actually possible because there's like this technology and it's like a blank canvas of possibility and i love what you just said about about connecting fans like fans of the same you know through their nfts that's really cool that's a, i didn't even I, I i i don't know if i thought of that before but like the way you just said it hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a whole I mean, like that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like you can literally connect people through their 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 common interests and verify and verify it. Yeah. easily. bring it together just based on that. They all collected that that token. That's so cool. That's really, really, really. Yeah. Cool. And it's just
1: like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a conversation I think last week where we were just talking about how Web3 might just move towards like the individuals or the curators and so curating their art and their music and everything like that into these ecosystems that are their own that they then connect with other people. Like it's literally going to be such a cool iteration of how we share art across the board whatever art we're interested in whether it's you know digital like just a jpeg whether it's you know weight file whether it's you know a whole movie like there's just so many different ways that we're i can see us consuming art and then also sharing that and at all then just going back to the you know the creators that made it happen in the first place so i don't know i it just the future of that just hypes me up so much oh i'm right there <laughs> with you it's really cool <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's just so cool to think like I could go on forever thinking about the possibilities. And then it's just it's the people that think about the ideas and the people that are just working to build to make it happen. And it just really excites me.
0: It's kind of like I say this a lot when we're in these Twitter spaces, having these conversations for anybody for anybody wondering, like Twitter, I mean, I think everybody knows about Twitter spaces, but Twitter spaces is really where a lot of like front facing conversations are happening about Web3. So if you're curious about it, you know, go look up Web3, go start exploring um, Twitter spaces for conversations. But a lot of times when we're talking about it, um, it's really it's really like talking about the these possibilities and dreaming these possibilities together, we're kind of in a builder community of our own um, right now, where I say to people that are kind of scared or skittish about the technology or the space because they've been burned by the fads that have been going around that you can either be a builder in the space right now or it'll just happen to you because it's going to happen. <laughs> this is just like the dot-com explosion and we went from web one to web two and you know now nobody even realizes it. Well not nobody but m- most people don't realize that what their experience now was not what web the web was initially especially people who were born after it happened. So you know, this is going to happen. It's whether you want to be a builder or just experience it. And there's nothing wrong with just being someone who experiences it, Yeah. but it's really exciting to be a builder. (laughs) So (laughs) what most excites you about being a builder in this space?
1: I think it's being able to watch trends as they happen has been probably the coolest thing. Um, you know, again, I have watched within the last almost year, I have watched the trend go from creators trying so hard to get onto music NFT marketplaces, and then the shift to, wait, we can build ourselves. And so then a shift to creators now looking for tools that aren't made by these platforms or aren't provided by these platforms so that they can build on chain and then it's the you know the bear market happen and then you know the people that didn't care about like keeping up with it left and then you had the real ogs who are like all right we're still here let's go and so then like seeing how those ideas have unfolded and just the collaborative environment of that you know it's just really cool to see everything on the ground and to get the feedback from you know, being a builder to get the feedback from the people that you're building for too is just so immaculate, especially when, you know, I'm talking to like an artist who's like, I really want to do this with my release in order to connect with my fans. I'm like, cool, let me talk to my dev team. Let's see if we can make it happen. Like, because that's something I want to see as a collector. And so, you know, just being able to, A, yeah, just like watching the whole trend of it all has been like the coolest thing. And then being able to be part of the next trend and to help make that change is like, it's a dream.
0: I totally agree with you. It's kind of I'm always that person that that annoying sometimes annoying person to a company that will be like, suggestion box, can I give you a suggestion? And when it's like a really big established company that is set in their ways, they don't want to make any changes. So that's what really excites me too. like, that's what I'm excited about to explore descent like more is I'm like, ooh, if I have ideas, they'll react to that. Like I did a an NFT gated my first uh, tokenized uh, release was not a collection. Cause again, I, I think that, you know, releasing collections, that's like releasing an album, but I think the power is like figuring out how to use the tokenization to power the release. And so I did it with the 402 platform. And um, what was so cool is that they, the 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 founder is a dev. And so he just like talks back and forth to you about like what you what you want. What do you want to see next? What do you want to see in the next release that you do? Like, it's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> So I think what you're saying, yeah, what you're saying about that the trend is changing to the individual artists creating, I I feel that with you because I can see as the conversations I'm having, like just in business conversations on the back end about what we're creating in Web3, like the conversation is that we're going to stop seeing these big, huge conglomerate social media platforms that I won't mes- mention and see more so the direct um, ownership of the of the audience artist art uh, audience relationship happening by creating your own platform. It's so exciting. <laughs> you have such a passion for building um, for creators because I know you said that you're you're a big mu- you've always been a big music fan. When did you know that you though that it was your calling to support artists like this? When did you know? Because like that's a very special um calling because you know some people want to be artists some people want like your your calling is literally to help lift up artists so when did you know that that was like your real calling in life
1: oh gosh well definitely not until after i had entered (laughs) web3 um i again like i knew i wanted to be in music i just didn't know what the opportunities were um the more I like cycled through them the more i was like "Ah, i don't think this is for me and so it took me getting into web 3 and joining as a community manager and really like having these conversations and seeing the impact of what i was doing and how i could help people that i was like oh my gosh like a light bulb went off i had the edison moment where i'm like this is i'm combining my favorite things i'm combining music i'm combining you know talking to people i'm combining like you know just being on social media all day, because unfortunately, I'm really good at it. And like, also, you know, just like being able to like, hear people's stories and help them amplify them. Like, that's so dope. And so just accidentally stumbling upon that is been the best thing that's ever happened to me, because I feel like I finally am have settled in what I know that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I think that that's one of the most beautiful, life-affirming moments is when you feel, when you have, and I think that it happens, it doesn't happen just once. It happens, you know, many, many times, especially if you're doing things that you love to do. Um, but when, what what was an aha moment when you were like, oh, this is really cool. Like, like specifically, like it, it could be, it could be just like being in a Twitter space, but when was there like a moment that you were like, oh this is this is what I'm meant to do this is it
1: so gosh there's been a few of those moments um I think first was earlier this year I was helping an artist um I had his name is Zand um x ampersand and d he's amazing everybody should go check him out I love him to death uh but he was a he was living in Australia at the time. And I remember he woke up at like 5 a.m. in order to have a call with me so that we would be like on the same time. But I was sitting there and just chatting to him about, you know, NFTs because he had had interest in the space. And we had an amazing conversation, vibed right away. And so he ended up, um, you know, I started working with him to release his first music NFTs. And he, him and I had a conversation later on. And he was like, dude, I don't like, you changed my life. With these combos and being able to see that like it just from me being like yeah this is what i do for work let me i think this could help you like let me like you know just to have that conversation and somebody being like my entrance in here has helped change my life like that's wild to hear and to you know to say to like to have a conversation with an artist who is not even about what i you know what my co- company could do for them but just being like hey like just being able to check in on them and seeing like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, how's your career going? And then being like, I really appreciate this connection that we have just, you know, from a human level, not even like on a, you know, working together level, like that hit that makes it like the aha aha moment for me, because it's not even about like the transactional relationship. It's about the relationship as a whole and like the connections that you make with these people whose lives you are changing just by the conversations that you're having the insight, just saying hello. So it's, it's those connections for me that just definitely was just like, you're doing it,
0: beautiful. And I think it's that those kinds of moments that also kind of help you through the challenges. And it's definitely challenging. Like I, I the startup life is so similar to the artist life. So there's so many, so many trials and tribulations of being a start in a startup world or entrepreneur. Um, what are some challenges that you've faced that you know that you've had to overcome? Uh, to just continue on your journey?
1: Yeah, and that's such a lovely question, because, uh, you know, again, uh, this has been the most transformative year of my life, um, 2022 as a whole. And I have definitely gone through a couple, like, I wouldn't say like rock. Eh, One was rock bottom, but like you know, a couple of definitely really low points. Um, just because of who I am as a person um, and how my brain works, and the stress that I put on myself, as well as you know the pace and you know the environment of the industry that I'm in. Um, but I definitely I came to a point this year where I was like. I know like my anxiety was getting super bad. I was like really depressed. I was overworking myself to the point of just like, I was burning, like burnt out, didn't really enjoy things anymore. And I was on top of that, you know, drinking a lot. I was just not really taking care of myself and just got to like a really stuck place. And I made the decision for myself to cut alcohol out of my life entirely. And, um, it was a start off as like a social experiment that somehow turned into literally the best decision I have ever made for my mental health. And, um, on top of that, um, you know, got back into therapy really heavily and, you know, really just like took charge of my mental health as a whole. And, you know, hitting this low point, like, you know, that's right when like the bear market hit too, like it was just a whole catastrophe. And so, um, you know, just getting over the challenge of, you know, really battling with my anxiety and, you know, making the hard decisions that I knew weren't going to be easy for me, like socially or like, you know, just it would have to be an adjustment, but really just, again, pushing myself out of my comfort zone to know that I was what I needed for myself to be ordered to, in order to do my job better, in order to you know, be a better person to my friends in order to be a better person to myself. And, you know, it's been like mental health is just such a huge, huge thing for me. It's always been a huge thing for me. And, you know, sometimes even when you think like you're all good or whatever, and like you're doing the work, sometimes I can, you can still hit those points. And just, it's putting myself in the driver's seat of my mental health this year has been a, the biggest challenge, but also just the biggest reward that has allowed me to continue to be the best me.
0: I agree with that. That's the, I think that's one of the most important thing, things any human can do is to really take your mental health seriously as a practice, like have mental health practices that you do because everything's moving so fast. I mean, the world is so busy. (laughs) We just, we can forget so much to just actually tend to our own uh, garden, our own mental health garden. <laughs> how do you do? How do you tend to your how do you tend to your mental health garden?
1: <laughs> oh, I love my mental health garden. She's blooming at the moment. Um, I really just try to, you know, I love being outside. I think that, you know, just getting a breath of fresh air, sticking your feet in some grass and just, you know, just taking it in and just like really being present in the moment is something that I've been really, really trying to do for myself and for my mental garden. Um, I have you know, I've removed notifications from my phone. Um, you know, only work related ones during the day. As soon as 4 PM hits, I'm in personal mode. I don't know if you're trying to talk to me unless you call me. So it's just, you know, removing the constant of, you know, feeling like I need to be at a screen all day has been super, super helpful. And again, getting outside, I'm really, really, um, you know, I love working out. I love fitness. It's a huge, um, a huge thing for my life, and so getting to the gym or at least trying to do something active every day is super helpful. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned within the past couple of weeks, and t- to tend to that garden, is to be okay with not being okay. And that was something that was a major thing for me. Is you know pretending like, not pretending, but just being like, oh, what. I'm okay in this moment. Like I'll be fine. Like you know, toxic positivity it out. You know, like think that you know if you just talk it out, it'll be fine. And instead of like actually letting myself process my feelings and you know working through them and whatever. And because I'm just such a like an optimist, and so I was just pushing them aside and bubbled up. And so just allowing yourself those moments to not be okay to process those feelings to take them as they are and really work through them in the moment because otherwise it's just going to come up in a really negative way later and i think that's like my main main thing for sure
0: that's really good because i think the self-awareness is is key it's so key cuz i mean i i totally believe in like positive thinking and manifesting you know your reality and all that but if you don't recognize what's happening so that you can move forward you're going to you could end up staying there inadvertently stuck there without realizing it you know um
1: that part right yeah <laughs> right
0: <laughs> um i
1: love that oh you my, said yes.
0: turning turning off the notifications has been so key for me too oh my gosh I, uh, oof.
1: <laughs> I I hate being on my phone. I really do. And I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, please just don't text me unless it's important. Like, I don't want the small talk. I don't want, you know, I, I just, I don't want it. I don't have the time for it. I, I'm already spread so thin, just like, leave me alone. I'll get to it when I get to it. And it's night and day in terms of my happiness throughout yeah. the day.
0: Humans were never supposed to be disengaged all the time. It's funny because we're dealing with in the community, you know, community building space. But there's there's also a, a, something beautiful about disconnecting too, <laughs> to so that when you come back together, it's really wonderful. You know, <laughs> like let them yes. miss you for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: No, I know. It's why I'm. Um, I'm so happy that we're not. I go on a lot of hikes when the weather is nice. And so being able to like, and there's no service up in the mountains. And so that has been my favorite like weekend or like after work activity. I'm like, oopsies, phones on airplane mode. Like don't have service. Sorry. Can't, can't reach you. Couldn't if I tried. It's been like the best.
0: That's that's so, so good. I'm glad you shared that. I think more people have to get on the n- notification off mode, turn your phone on. So I think that the world is I think that tech the tech world is realizing that more um, with tools like, you know, all the different um, settings you can do for your iPhone um, with work mode and personal and you could set whatever mode you want. I think it's becoming it's there. We're hitting like a crash of like overexposure for humans and we need to learn how to stop and turn it off um, because it, it, you could just go nonstop if you don't if you don't take a moment to, to get away from it um, you know and speaking of just as you say like get disconnecting and going into the forest and just getting away where do you think like because we're talking about web 3 and all these immersive experiences I have a personal feeling about it. And I would love and to hear what you think about like, do you think that the where we're going is where we will get more sucked into tech? Or do you think it's going to be tech into our world? That's kind of where I think we're going. It's like, eventually tech is going to be more integrated into our world versus us getting sucked in. But what do you think? Like, what do you think? And, and do you think it's a like good thing like where <laughs> where do you think we're going with that cuz it's it's it can get really wild like how deep you can get in with VR and everything
1: yeah it's a great question and i think that because I know that there are people on like both sides who, you know, there's some people that absolutely love technology and want their entire lives automated. And so they're gunning for a future where there's like the VR and everything, but then there's also a, I would hope, a very large subset of humans that still crave that IRL connection, that still crave the experiences and the feeling that you get when you're interacting with another person, not a screen. And so while I think that technology is incredible, it allows us to do so many things in our lives so much easier. It allows us to connect to people who are across the country or, you know, I'm in Denver, you're in LA, like being able to have this conversation wouldn't happen. And so it's definitely necessary. And I think that I would hope that it just becomes more of like a supplement, continues to just be a supplement to our day-to-day lives rather than the thing that controls it. And so, you know, I love that the fact that like Apple is like integrated all of those features into the iPhone to, you know, really help getting offline. Cause I think it's, especially with the pandemic, like everybody being sucked into technology, like that did detriments to everybody. And that's like scientifically proven that that just sucked for everybody involved. And so um, that demand and that us forcing to only use technology, I think also set a precedent for us not wanting to use it as much coming out of this, you know, period too.
0: Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I think it's. I think that's where we all need to focus is how, how it can supplement us and not take away from the real human experience. Um, this is this is awesome. I'm just so excited about everything that you're working on. Um, what do you think is next for you? I know you're going to continue. You know, you're building with descent. But um, where where do you see Nikki being going in the future here with with Web three and and music and everything?
1: That's a great question, and I mean, and I wish I had an answer for you because six months ago, I did not have the same answer for where I'm at now, Um, and so I've tried to not answer those questions, I think, um, and just kind of let life happen to me as it goes. Um, You know, I have been so lucky and so grateful to have had the opportunities and the doors that have been opened for me, opened for me, and I'm just going to continue, you know, approaching life the same way that i have in terms of you know just wanting to really make the genuine connections and just you know do my job genuinely and do my job hard and you know really put my all into my work and so whatever opportunities that leads to me through that is going to be absolutely incredible and um so i'm excited to see what that looks like for me too
0: you know that gives me that gives me a follow-up question so in terms, I love that that you just said that because you know things can change really fast. So how do you how do you keep yourself grounded? And I know you have the the, the mental health practices and everything. What do you do? Is there any special practices that you do to keep yourself um, grounded during the, the the roller coaster that is the tech world and Web three and the space that you're in now?
1: You know, having my friends that I've made in the space to lean on has been something that is just really, you know, really helps keep me grounded. And, you know, in the times where I need to take a mental break, but then I feel like the stress and anxiety of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be, you know, kept up with if like the, where everything's going if I like take a week off or something like that. And so, you know, having the friends that can, you know, kind of keep me updated on the pulse of things, like when I need to take a break and vice versa has been super helpful, you know, keeping my, you know, flow going and just also again like reminding myself that we're all kind of in the same spot you know we're all very like everybody who's in this space right now is incredibly early i know that's such a tired saying but you know in comparison we're all incredibly early we're building this space that is completely a new like unknown to the masses. We're all experimenting. This is all just one giant technology experiment that we're in, you know, and it's reminding myself that, you know, it's, it's all going to be okay. Like things can change and things can, you know, we're all just figuring it out and that I'm not alone. And sometimes feeling like I'm, you know, behind the curve, or that I'm not doing enough, or that I'm not, you know, as much of a thought leader as this person, you know, just like trying to remove those comparisons. And, you know, we're all success is just so different across the board. And so reminding myself that success is different to different people. And you know, what we're all doing here is so impactful, regardless of if we have you know, zero followers to, you know, 10 million. Like, it's just, yeah, just trying to remind myself that,
0: You brought the next question in, then what do you, what does success mean to you then?
1: This is going to be such a lame answer, but I would consider myself successful right now because I love what I do. And I think that I will continue to be successful as long as I'm doing what I love to do and that I'm happy in what I'm doing. And so whether that's, you know, I win the lottery and no longer work in three months and i'm going off traveling the world for the rest of my life that's success to me whether i'm you know running a whole other company that's not even web3 related and you know that and i love doing it that's success to me so i don't think success should be an end goal i think it should be a constant state and i'm loving that i've now come to that mindset because i very much used to not be like that and it just makes being in the present and, you know, doing what you're doing, just feel that much more, you know, just impactful to yourself.
0: That's it right there. That's it. That's why I knew I wanted to have this conversation (laughs) with you. (laughs) We've been wanting to talk for a while. So this has been a long time coming, but I can feel vibe recognizes vibe. I could feel it. Like that's, that's exactly it right there. That's the that's that's kind of almost the only way to survive in the in the in the creator space, which I think being uh, an entrepreneur is being a creator, being a singer is a creator, being working in the in the tech world and startup world. That's all being a creator. So that's it right there. I really I appreciate that. I appreciate that. um, That view point so much. Um, So want to ask you some like quick fire questions um, to help like just inspire others. I think these questions really like give you give people, uh, you know, things to go out and look at and get inspired um, by, you know, if it inspired you to inspire somebody else. So what is your favorite book? And, and why? Why is it your favorite book?
1: Atomic Habits by James Clear, the easiest answer ever. Um, It is a phenomenal mindset book. It has helped me come to a lot of the mindset conclusions and the the way I approach the world today. Um, It talks a lot about, you know, the science behind forming a habit, what it can take, you know, and just reframing the way that you approach the world in order to build your own successful environment. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I
0: love it. Go read it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yes. I love books about I love books about um building good habits and I have I've heard of that book but I have not read it myself so I I definitely need to go out and 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 read that one. Um what is your favorite podcast or video series? Okay.
1: So, I am not a huge podcast listener. Shocker me being on a podcast I just start. <laughs> if it's on my goal for 2023. <laughs> Um, But my favorite video uh, series is on YouTube, it's called Hive Mind. And they are these two guys and they go through a lot of like music related topics, but they're like fun. And as again, like a music lover, they're so knowledgeable on the artists that they're talking about. But so they'll do like, you know, brackets, like best Kendrick Lamar songs like that they create and like, you know, just going through and the knowledge that they have on each of these songs, you know, down to the production, the album, the year. Like it's just so inspiring as somebody who also loves music to, and like hypes me up to hear other people who are really just stoked about it. Um, there is another one that I really enjoy. I know I probably shouldn't have not given you two, and I forget the name oh, of it. But fine. it's a guy who shows his dad. <laughs> um, I need to, oh, the name is escaping me at the moment, but it's this guy who. Um, this kid who shows his dad new records um every um every episode of this series and it's his dad reacting to these records that he hasn't heard before so there's like he's showing him frank ocean for the first time kendrick he's showing him like you know all these iconic albums and his dad that his dad i guess like has never heard before and just like it's so wholesome and listening to him like really deep down dive into it um, i'm sure if you googled the concept you would find it i just the
0: name is um i love that kind of Wednesday. content actually like those I love those. kind. Of, yeah, I love that kind of content, actually. So that's awesome. What is your favorite resource for tech? Um, whether it be like a person, um, or, you know, a, re- a resource like an app or something like that. But um, Jen, what's what's your favorite?
1: So I as a woman who works in tech, I am not as tech savvy as I should be. And so my favorite person to go through to tech related questions is um, Sweetman underscore ETH on Twitter. He is a contractor for Decent. I worked with him on the team full-time at Mint Songs. He is just one of the most knowledgeable people in the space, um, in you know, the music NFT space, in my opinion. I think that he his passion is unmatched in terms of, um, you know, building for creators. And so I love his perspectives on, you know, what, I should be focusing on when it comes to build, you know, building for creators and like what creators need to hear. And like, how can I make some of the stuff that we have, you know, that's going on in the space more digestible for people to succeed. Um, So he is just phenomenally brilliant and he keeps me
0: smart. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to check him out now. Um, What is your favorite hobby? What do you, what, what gives you joy?
1: Going to concerts it is my hobby it is i am at 48 days of live music so far this year at least um it is where all of my money goes um and yeah it brings me the most joy it's there's something incredibly special about being in a crowd and being surrounded by people who all also know all the words and are singing along right with you it's just it's an energy that i'm sure you know as an artist like being able to create that emotion is so cool. I bet, like, I could never imagine what it must be like to be on stage, like, creating this emotion and then being in the audience and feeling the emotion that you created along with so many other people who are feeling it too. Like, that just, it keeps me going. And so I dedicate all of my life to going to shows.
0: That is the synergy of of live music. It's that I think from both sides, because me as an artist, yeah, like, when I'm on stage, that feeling is very similar to being in 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 the audience and enjoying music that you really love. It's a similar feeling on both sides. Obviously, there's some different things going on on both sides, but it's a similar feeling. And so I think there's a vibration that, is created, obviously there's vibrations from the music, but I just mean like on a, on a, almost a spiritual, like metaphysical level that everyone's feeling. So I totally, I get it on both sides for sure. It's, it's, it is really magical. So, and that again, you know, lends itself towards the the fact that you are really living your passion because you love, you're getting to do it on both sides, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. by creating for creators. It's the coolest
1: thing.
0: Yeah. You're like a creator's creator. (laughs) that's awesome you know
1: maybe maybe that's my new title
0: (laughs) yeah i create for creators (laughs) that's great (laughs) um so if people want to get in touch with you um or connect with you where can they best connect with you
1: great question so on twitter i am at nick bean n-i-k-b-e-a-n underscore x-y-z on instagram i'm just nick bean um i'm around at all times on twitter so that's the best place to hang out with me um yeah just come say hi i am always loving to make new friends in the space outside of the space um i love to talk music as i'm sure it's probably a given at this point um and also just you know hearing your stories as creators is the coolest thing to me. And I just want to know how I can best help you. So hit me up.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And if the folks want to find out more about Descent, where is the best place to find out about Descent?
1: Um, So you could go to decent.xyz in your search bar. It'll take you to our landing page. We're also at decentxyz on Twitter as well. Uh, Those will be the two best places to find out, you know, what's going on with us, updates to the platform and just general creator tools and amazing things and resources that you can use to start your career on chain.
0: And am I saying it wrong? Is it decent or decent? I'm like, decent, 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 decent. Okay. It is it Honestly, kinda sounds it the go- same. Actually, when you say it, like, I'm like, wait, it kind of sounds like the same. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, let me make sure. Let me just say it. I want to put it out there. We're saying, am I saying it correctly? De- decent, decent. <laughs> no, that's yes. awesome.
1: Either, same difference. Tomato,
0: tomato. Awesome. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, Exactly. It uh, depends on how fancy you are, but thank you so much for <laughs> sharing your story it certainly inspired me and I know it's going to inspire so many others and keep creating for creators. Um, we, we love that. And, um, thank you. Thank you for being here with us today.
1: Well, thank you so, so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: And to everyone listening, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world. Remember to go to Women in Tech VIP.com. That's Women in Tech VIP.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter on Instagram, on Facebook. You can also follow me at Felice Lizay on all the socials as well. And we will see you in the next episode. Remember to take good care of yourself and most importantly, love yourself. Have an amazing day.
1: Hi, my name is Nikki Bean and I'm the head of community at Decent. Decent enables artists of every industry to build on chain through open tools that meet each creator where they're at on their Web3 journey. I'm based in Denver, Colorado, and you're listening to Women in Tech.